BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. We're glad you're with us. It's Thursday, March 4th, 2021. And if you look up the expression power grab in the dictionary, guess what? Up pops Nancy Pelosi's smiling face. That's because the U.S. House passed H.R. 1 last night. And by the way, it's called H.R. 1 for a reason. It's the Democrats' top priority because it basically federalizes and changes elections from here on out. So, for example, all states would now be required to send voters an application to cast their ballots by mail. That's just the beginning. Folks, a huge deal here. We're going to unpack it all today. Uh, plus, what's up with QAnon? I mean, has it to some degree infiltrated the evangelical church in America? I mean, what's real, what's not? We're going to sort it all out on the program today. And while we're talking about QAnon, so, all right, look, today's March 4th, right? Apparently in extreme QAnon world, this is the day that Donald Trump comes back into office or something like that because the U.S. turns into a corporation since every governmental act is illegitimate after the District of Columbia Act of 1871. What in the world is going on here. Uh, I only mentioned all of that because the U.S. House is technically not in session today due to the fact that this is March 4th. And who knows what the QAnon folks might be up to. Anyhow, I just thought you should know, hey, we report everything here. Uh, all right, deep breath. Now, to something just as crazy, Neanderthals. I mean, is this the Texas governor? I mean, is that Greg Abbott or maybe the Mississippi governor? Because they both got rid of their state mask mandates. And then Joe Biden came out and called their decisions Neanderthal thinking. We actually have the soundbite. Uh, we don't make stuff up. I want to play Joe Biden. This comes from the part of the day yesterday, by the way, where he was actually awake and in public. These masks make a difference. We are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way in which we're able to get vaccines in people's arms. We've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American, to get every adult American to get a shot. And the last thing, the last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. It still matters. All right. So let me get this straight. So if you think the mandate of mandating of masks is not OK, you're now a Neanderthal or put another way, you're unintelligent or put another way, you're a deplorable. Such wonderful unifying words from President Joe Biden. I want to bring in Jenna Ellis now to discuss all this. By the way, the host of the brand new Just the Truth show. You, let's so we all just clap excited. together. Yes, it's, excited. I'm so excited to launch this tonight, yeah, by the way. Tell me, let's not bury the lead. Tell me about that first. Yes, so it's called Just the Truth, and yeah. we are going back to the foundational principles of America and actually talking about civics, talking about our Constitution, talking about reasons why things like H.R. 1 are unconstitutional not just for policy reasons, because we can all debate those things and we are debating them, yeah. but conservatives who are genuinely conserving the Constitution need to understand that the limited principle of government 
is so important to the Constitution to say, hey, Congress, you can't actually do everything you want to, even if you think it's a good idea, even if the majority of Democrats think this is a good idea, there are still restraints. And so what I'm really excited to do with this show is have a deep dive conversation with some really interesting and fascinating people to talk about the philosophy of law. So tonight, Congressman Mike Johnson, one of my favorite people in DC, oh, yeah. along with you, of course, David. Oh, but, well, please. But um, favorite people in DC, he's gonna be joining me um, for a really in-depth conversation about our founding principles. Well, that's great. So, we're, so. so tell everybody where they can catch it, uh, what time, and all of that good stuff. Yes, 6 p.m. <laughs> a weekday, so launching tonight, and then it will be Monday through Friday here on Real America's Voice. Of course, you can tune in on justthenews.com as well, the app, um, and all of our stations across America. That's fantastic. You are the deep dive show yes. in the evening. Uh, wonderful. We're the vaudeville act in the afternoon, <laughs> by the way. All right. Uh, HR1. Yes. Uh, Jenna, th this, is, this is a huge deal. Uh, I will do the caveat here. There's no way the Senate's going to pass this. I mean, they've got to get 10 Republicans, and though they'd love to do it on budget reconciliation, but they're not going to be able to do that here. So but give me your sense of what, what we're talking about here. Yeah, well, um, so actually, former Vice President Mike Pence actually wrote an amazing piece in the Daily Signal, and I know a lot of conservatives um, are very upset with Mike Pence, but for now. But, for now. Right. but um, I would encourage everyone to actually go and read that because he does understand that election integrity matters. He understands what happened in the 2020 election, and he also understands why H.R. 1 is so dangerous because what this is doing, as you said in your opening, is trying to federalize uh, the, our elections. Mm -hmm. And what we have in America is a constitutional system that requires that states and state legislatures set the manner by which they send their electoral delegates uh, to then ultimately the Electoral College. And so this is just one example of why this bill is absolutely ridiculous. Congress, even if they think it's a good idea, they don't have the power to unilaterally change by their majority vote the text of the U.S. Constitution. That's they right. can't do it. And wouldn't that trump, wouldn't at this point, if this was ever passed in a law, technically that would trump state elect potentially state election laws i mean well it would be challenged of course, of course in the supreme, supreme court supreme and what court. the supreme court should do at that point by a 9-0 decision is say sorry congress you don't have the authority to do that because we don't have a federalized election system we have it on the state and local level that's always how it's been that's always and that's what our constitution requires yeah. so the only way to change that is by constitutional amendment you can't change it through legislation okay i want to play nancy pelosi she was like running to the podium to talk about this as you might imagine did she trip she didn't trip over herself i don't think if she did we would have the video let's play uh, nancy pelosi but this legislation is there to protect the right to vote to remove obstacles of participation hr1 for the people for the people the first 300 pages were written by john lewis to remove voter suppression uh, tactics from our political system. Some of the rest of it was written to protect uh, uh, the integrity of our electoral system, the fact, the, uh, the physical infrastructure of our elections. So, Jenna, she's always, you know, she talks about voter suppression for the people. They always like, they, they always play the political card, you know, the, the racial political card with the minorities because they think they can get Republicans on that. So, I, I don't know, your, your take on this it's, voter suppression. Well, that's a lie. Of course it And is. Uh, also, the everything that the Democrats say in, in order to advance an unconstitutional measure is always based on emotion, and it's always trying <laughs> to intimidate Republicans to say, if you don't go along with this, you're a racist, you're a 
agitator, you're an insurrectionist, you're a, you know, fill in the blank, right? right? But if she's truly wanting to be about for the people, then maybe follow the actual constitution. The first three words are we the people. That's right. That's what matters. But Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats want to centralize federal government. They want more power. Do not make any mistake, David. This is not for the people. This is for Nancy Pelosi and her fellow Democrats. Well, that's interesting you say that. I was going to say, yeah, for the people, as in, you know, this is what we think is good for the people is really what the whole act should be called if Democrats exactly. were talking about it. Uh, all right. Uh, Mike Pompeo was on the show yesterday. He yes. talked about Judeo-Christian, the Judeo-Christian fabric of America. My goodness, big tech. Sorry if you're listening. You know, <laughs> what are you going to censor us? Uh, it's but, true. But it is true. And it's something you're going to be talking about every single night yes. uh, on your show. But I want you to listen to some of this and I want to get your reaction on the other side. The spiritual question, of course, you know, got to ask you the spiritual question, which is where is this country from a spiritual standpoint? I mean, if you say Judeo-Christian values today or this nation is a Judeo-Christian uh, nation, uh, you know, liberals will call it hate speech. I mean, they will. I mean, you know, they're off the rocker, but that's what they'll do. So, so, so what has happened to this country as it relates to the from a spiritual standpoint? Two things, David, I know for sure. I know he's watching over us. This is a very special nation that I have been so privileged uh, to grow up in and to be a part of. It's given me so much and so many people so much. And second, uh, those of us who believe that, those of us who understand the founding and understand the Judeo-Christian traditions of the United States of America have every responsibility to be bold, to speak about this, to be proud of this heritage, and to continue to build on it. And when we do, those voices will be heard and America will continue to be the greatest nation in the history of civilization. I'm, I'm very confident of that. See, Jenna, here's the thing. He said Judeo-Christian heritage, that he's proud of, of this country's Judeo-Christian heritage. Today in America, I mean, there are liberals that will call that hate speech. Yeah. That's where that's where we're at, which is a sad, sad commentary on where we're at. Yeah, and I can't wait, David, for everyone to listen to my monologue tonight because that Ooh. actually will address exactly this okay. and to talk about how even if you aren't a Christian, even if you don't believe in the truth and the facts, mm -hmm. you are still benefiting from our Judeo-Christian heritage because we are in a country that provides the most freedom, the most opportunity for prosperity. Why? Because we were built on a foundation where our founding fathers recognized in the Declaration of Independence that our rights come from God, our creator, the God of the Bible, not our government. So the sole purpose of government is to preserve and protect our rights. So all of those people who are saying, you know, hey, this is hate speech, this is whatever, we want to censor this, by their very act of speaking publicly together, they're exercising their first freedoms that were given by God. Mm -hmm. So they can't deny the truth of reality as hard as they're trying to. As we wrap up here, back to your show, because of course, it's all about your show. No, <laughs> that's me saying that, not you. Uh, but this, this, the name of the show, Just the Truth, because it really does take an originalist version yes. of not just the Constitution, but but what our founders in many of our founding documents said. And I, I'm, I'm curious if you can kind of expand on that. Yeah. And so the originalist perspective um, in the interpretation of the Constitution is that words actually have meaning. Yeah. Words matter. Truth. Context matters. And truth is self-evident. That means that you can't define your truth versus my truth. We can't, you know, look at the sky and say, well, I think it's green. But, you know, you may think, and, and you know what, if, if, 
I need to just accept that for me, right? So things that we are actually denying that are empirically self-evident in our culture today, like, like it's hate speech now to say that men are men and women are women biologically, right? But truth is truth and we have to get back to that. And so what the left is trying to do is to take this interpretation of a constitution and make it a quote unquote fluid document to say, well, words don't actually mean what they meant and uh, we can interpret it any way we want to. We can proof text, we can take one word or phrase, yeah. build a whole doctrine around it. And so then it becomes ultimately meaningless right. and then they just use it however they want to. We have to get back to truth. Words matter, words have meaning and truth is self-evident. Yeah, enough of this living, breathing constitution stuff. All right, yes. Jenna Ellis, great to see you. Great to see you Congrats too, on the show. Thank you, we're really excited. 6 p.m. Eastern, Real American Voice. All right, uh, when we come back, Pastor Brian Gibson will be here. He's founder of Peaceably Gather. He's going to talk about QAnon and the church. What's going on there exactly on the fringes? Back in a moment. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. All right, here's some breaking news. All right, it's not really breaking news, but it's breaking news because, uh, you know, this is what I think. Right now, at this moment, the media is out of control. Uh, I'm going to tell you that straight up. Uh, I, I don't really believe much of anything they say, and it's their fault. It's not my fault. It's their fault. Uh, and, and now they go around and they have all these articles about uh, QAnon and the church and this idea that if you're an evangelical Christian, uh-oh, you know, you're part of QAnon. Hey, look, so this just in, right? So I, I do this show, obviously, uh, Real America's Voice, Just the News. Uh, I also work over at the Christian Broadcasting Network. Hey, I think I know a few things about what's going on in the evangelical church. And I can tell you, this QAnon stuff uh, is just not permeating the church like you would think in terms of if you read a mainstream media, media, media excuse me, article about it. Uh, it's just, it's just insane. I want to... I need a sedative. Uh, let's bring in Pastor Brian Gibson, uh, founder of Peaceably Gather, uh, back on the show with us. Pastor, great to see you, sir. Hey, it's great to be with you today, David. Thanks for having me. Uh, why don't you take it from here? Because I got to tell you, uh, I'm, I'm sick and tired of these media articles talking about how they're trying to lump QAnon and evangelical Christians together and like it's a big cult. I mean, look, they think evangelical Christianity probably is a cult anyhow without QAnon. And now you're throwing QAnon? Listen, take it away. Or as you would say, come on. Come on. Well, here, here's here's the play. We all know the play, David. Yeah. It's whatever they can take to make mainstream Christianity or evangelical Christianity look radical and unhinged. As far as Q goes, I am an evangelical pastor. I pastor churches in multiple states. Uh, I talk to Christians every day. I know pastors across the nation. Uh, like you say, you know something about this. I know something about this. If I were to poll the several thousand people I pastor and ask them what Q is— Maybe one out of 10 of them would have say, would be able to say, hey, I've heard of that before. And out of that 10th, maybe one out of 10 of them might have, I don't know, read a post by Q. I'd never even seen a post by Q until a few months ago when I heard about all of this. I'm like, what is, what is Q? I know that Q is the letter that precedes R, right, in the <laughs> alphabet. So, uh, so, so this whole meshing and merging 
of the ideas that the church is so deeply involved in this cryptic intel drop on the internet. It's insanity, and it's more of a culture that wants to discredit the church so it can push its real agenda. And what is its real agenda? Its real agenda is silencing religious voices in America. Its real agenda is things like the Equality Act that will shut the mouth of the church and really be the death blow to religious liberty in America. They're all just playing. It's a smoke and mirrors game to make uh, the church look radical so they can take us out and our voice out. But I got to remind them, anything you try to bury that's from the kingdom of God, God always resurrects. Easter's coming right around the corner. The story's tied up there. So Q is just not involved in the evangelical church. Well, amen to that because the truth shall set you free. And by the way, if it is set in stone and if it's truthful, uh, it will bear out. And I can tell you this, uh, that all those uh, folks that were uh, there at the Capitol that were preaching any of that QAnon garbage uh, and and some of the stuff that was going on inside the Capitol, uh, they've been arrested or they've been charged or, you know, I mean, that, that, that stuff is just not... Not part of uh, God's truth for sure. I don't see I don't see QAnon in the Bible. You see that QAnon stuff in the Bible, but they try to some some QAnon people try to throw in some Bible verses and, and, and confuse folks. Well, well, sure. It's it's uh, the devil's always tried to twist or manipulate Scripture and to make it look like it's his. Right? He started that. He tried to twist the Word of God, even in the Book of Beginnings, Genesis. The first thing uh, the devil, the serpent, says to Adam and Eve. See, he says, "Has God really said?" Right. Did God really say this? So here's a little scripture. Here's a little cue. We'll mix it up. We'll give you a cue uh, potion. You can drink and get drunk on, on, on its stupidity. But let me say this. Christians are not waiting on a drop from Q. Uh, the, the New Testament says we already have a more pure word of prophecy given to us through the New Testament and the scriptures. Yeah. I'm not waiting. I know these Q people are waiting on some kind of storm or something like that. Listen, the only thing I'm waiting on is the return, the second coming of <laughs> Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I promise you he is coming back. Uh, this Q stuff, they can have it, whatever, but I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll bet my bets on Jesus. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. There you go, and that's some truth for you. Uh, and by the way, these whole Q drops, I'm not thinking about Q drops. I'm thinking about Jesus dropping the mic on Calvary saying, there you go, folks. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, listen, Pastor Gibson, I've got to ask you a little bit about uh, the frustration that I have specifically with the media is that they try to discredit all of the evangelicals that are out there, if you will. And in other words, it, it, like I said, if you uh, believe that something nefarious happened uh, during the 2020 election and there was quite, there's quite a bit of evidence to suggest that something was not right, all of a sudden you are a conspiracy theorist, you, forget even QAnon. You're just you're you're going to be censored. There's big tech out there that's going to come get you. It's like you can't say anything. And I think it's not just liberals that are after uh, evangelicals. I I think personally that conservatives are so now some conservative uh, media organizations are concerned about what they're going to say. So they might have to dial some of it back too. I just wonder if we're running in we're we're scared here. We're running scared. Yeah, a, a lot of people are absolutely running scared because they saw the narrative that was concocted after the sixth uh, incident. And we all know the sixth incident was wrong. we got to say that every time. Every time. Uh, because now it's something we just got to say so people don't hammer us because there's the cancel culture and because uh, so many of us are scared. And, and my fear is that that type of fear mongering 
that type of attack on the right and the Christian movement and just conservatives in general, it's going to further divide us, which I think that is the plan of the leftists, where we don't have friends and allies on our own move in our own side because we're so scared that somebody might lump us in with a radical out there. While the whole time, the whole time, think of the radical leftists that are on CNN, that are on all of these mainstream networks day after day and night after night. Think about the radical leftists that are being appointed to Biden's uh, different positions right now, like, like the doctor that's in favor of children being able to choose to uh, have a sex change uh, without parental consent at a very young age. I'm talking these are the radicals. So why are we pointing now at, at, at this Q thing or, or this, these evangelicals might be tied into this or, or this conservative is too far right? I'll tell you who's too far in one political fashion. It's the people that have swung to the left. It's yeah. big tech. It's, uh, it's big media. It's big pharma. It's all these big corporations. And it's time to stop being afraid. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'll say it again, it's yep. time that we stop playing the coward and start playing the man. And Pastor Brian Gibson bringing it strong to the rack, as they say in basketball. Sir, great to see you as always. Thank you. Hey, thank you, David. All right. I tell you what, he's absolutely right. You know why? Because America is upside down. And you know what? We're upside down spiritually. You don't think there's a correlation? Hey, there is. Take my word for it. That's right. I should take my word for it. Back in mind. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Everybody, uh, Texas and Mississippi, the governors down there have said, we're done with face, with face, with mask mandates. We're done with your faces. We're done with mask mandates. Anyhow, uh, I talked to Rick Green about this, uh, America's Constitution coach and founder of the Patriot Academy uh, earlier this week. Here's our conversation. Rick, always great to see you, my friend. Hey, David, good to see you today, man. Uh, Greg Abbott, look, Greg Abbott in Texas, the minute, okay, so, so let me just set it up, right? So Greg Abbott is saying Texas is open for business, you know, forget the mask mandate, businesses, 100%, if you want to open up, knock yourself out. Here's the tweet. I just announced Texas is open, 100%, everything. I also ended the statewide mask mandate. And I thought of you, Rick Green, because on this show last week, you said, what in the world's going on with Greg Abbott? I think he's listening to the, I think he's watching your interviews, Rick Green. That's my, that's what I think. <laughs> Well, I think he also watched the CPAC poll that where he got <laughs> zero, zero votes uh, right. for president and DeSantis and the other uh, governors like Christy Noem that have done a great job with this. Uh, got got a pretty good percentage, even with Trump in the in the polling. So, yeah, I mean, the wake up call, finally, uh, hopefully a break in the dam here. Uh, I will say there's a little bit of Stockholm syndrome in, in Texas. A lot of people are praising Abbott for this. I, I just want to remind people that when the uh, the king comes and opens your cell, don't forget that he was the one that put you there in the first place. Um, every one of these mandates in Texas are Greg Abbott's fault. He's the one that shut Texas down. He's the one that put all these regulations in place and acted like a king and said that he had the ability to control the movement of every living human being in Texas over this virus. I mean, that is that is terrible constitutional law. That is a terrible precedent to set. Separation of powers was lost. Uh, there was no legislative input here. 
So I just like to remind people of that I am very glad that the mask mandate is being lifted. I mean, he's still it's not for another eight days or seven days or whatever, yeah. which is silly, too. But uh, but, you know, look, the political pressure is finally on. And even though he refuses to apologize like like DeSantis did, I mean, Ron DeSantis made the same mistakes Greg Abbott did early on. <laughs> but he came out very quickly last summer and said, we got it wrong. Let's fix this. Let's not do this again. So maybe we're, you know, I'm hoping we're moving in the right direction and I'm hoping other states are going to do the same. Mississippi lifted their mask mandate. I mean, none of this was based on on science. It was all political and feel good and, you know, virtue signaling to make everybody think you were saving lives. And uh, and hopefully after a year and many lost lives as a result of the government reaction. Now, there's lives lost as a result of COVID, but far more lost and far more livelihoods lost as a result of the government reaction. So hope we learned some lessons here, Dave. This was the worst I mean, absolute worst public policy decisions in the history of mankind. Ten trillion dollars down the drain. I mean, you just go down the list. People that will never get the memories back of funerals and proms and things that you couldn't participate in. So just it's a it's a good good day, good time. But we got to learn the lessons as well. You alluded to it a little bit. Why the about face by Greg Abbott? I mean, I thought everything's supposed to be based on the science, but 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 it sounds to me like politics uh, are clearly involved in this, too. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. A lot of, a lot of pressure. Uh, but, you know, I think people just got, they're reaching their limit, not just in Texas, but across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been at this speech that he gave would have been great 11 months ago. Right. Most of this stuff should have never happened, but at least like 30 days into it, go, hey, we got this wrong. Too many people. I mean, he's literally talking like somebody else put these mandates on Texas and and saying they've got to go and all that. Anyway, it's good that it's it's happening, but you know, political pressure does pay off. People have to let their voice be heard. Most people were scared and, and, and listened to whatever the leader said, which is part of why I got so righteously angry through this whole thing, is that if, if the governor had been a leader that said, hey, let's actually look at the science, let's not play to the fears, and let's let Texas lead in this, like Christy Nome did in South Dakota, exactly, uh, it could have been a great, great thing for Texas and, and great for him. But he followed Newsom and Whitmer and, and joined all the, all the crackdown crowd. You know what's interesting? I mean, not to get like uh, theological, not theological, but just kind of esoteric and kind of just thinking about like big thoughts here. But, you know, we always hear from Republicans and and conservatives, especially about this yearning for freedom. You know, George W. Bush talking about the yearning for freedom. Well, here's Christy Nome, who's kind of, you know, implemented policies in South Dakota that kind of were based on this idea that, look, we we we're free people. You know, we're not supposed to be locked up all day, all day long. And Ron DeSantis got it. And I just wonder if if the yearning for freedom ultimately just is is what the, the main con, kind of constitutional principle here is in a way. I hope so. I actually had that conversation with my wife last night. We were we, we were talking about people are drawn to freedom, but it takes hard work. And too yeah. often they're derailed from that that draw to freedom by fear or by a lack of courage. That's why it takes leadership. I mean, you need bold leaders, especially in the position of governor and the way that our federalism works in, in, in America. And so we're hoping that there's more of those. You know, I do Patriot Academy and we see these young people come through that do have that boldness and that courage and a desire for truth. So I think there's a remnant that God's raising up. I mean, we're seeing some of that in some of the legislators around the country. So even though there was a real lack of leadership, I believe, in America over the last year, the good news is there's kind of a farm team coming up. And I think God's raising up a remnant that is grounded in biblical principles, constitutional jurisdictions, and, and wants to lead with courage and truth. Rick, tell us a little bit, uh, so remind people about Patriot Academy, explain what you do and, and the, the clientele, if you will, that come uh, seeking uh, the, the truth, if you will. Yeah, we do these legislative uh, simulated sessions, if you will, all around the country in state capitals where we bring in young people 16 to 25 
right when they're sort of figuring out what do I really believe, not just what did mom and dad believe or what did my pastor believe, but what do I believe? And right during that time, we give them the chance to be in the hot seat of a legislative session, but then you know pound in that biblical worldview and constitutional jurisdictions and give them truth. And, and that's really what we challenge them to do is to seek truth, not just win arguments, but seek truth. And it's all about training up leaders to go into movie making and, and journalism like you and other areas of the culture, but go into that saying, I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm going to be a biblical citizen, uh, but I'm also going to be a thinker. I'm going to study and I'm going to seek that truth and I want to lead with integrity. So it's really just about good leadership for the next generation. And now we do a military Patriot Academy. So you don't have to be 16 to 25. If you're yeah. former military of any age, you can come. And it's, it's, it's really exciting for me to watch what they're doing now out in the culture. They're in these yeah. state legislatures, actually fighting these mask mandates, by the way, and, and other COVID crackdowns in, in many of these states. Rick Green here on the water cooler. All right, time for the poll of the day. The water cooler poll of the day. Well, let's get to it. We don't have much time. Time's a-wasting. How concerned are you about the economy? Look at that, 55%, very concerned. 35% somewhat concerned. I like how not sure, 1%, really not sure. I don't really care about my uh, pocketbook. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, uh, this one says, what concerns you most about the economy? Well, 41%, big whopping uh, portion of the uh, country say the COVID-19 pandemic won't end anytime soon. That's the biggest concern. And if you go down the list, look at that 13%, new regulations going to stifle business. And then the other one that sticks out to me, 12% uh, say growing economic inequality. Wait, did we just interview a bunch of Gen Zers on that poll? Hold on. Incoming inequality. Sorry. I know I'm dating myself. You know, look, we, we need income equality. I could be wrong, but AOC. Welcome back to the water pool, everybody. A uh, lot to talk about. I got to tell you, uh, don't get me started. How many times do I have to say Mr. Potato Head? That's right, I'm going to say it. Mr. Potato Head, go ahead, take me off the air. What do I care? I know it's Potato Head, my bad. No, it's Mr. Potato Head. Anyhow, the reason I'm talking about all this is because it's all about cancel culture. We know the term and to discuss that and a lot more. Uh, Eric Greitens is here, the former governor of Missouri and the former, not a former Navy SEAL, a Navy SEAL. A Navy SEAL and, and. I will say yes. a former and hopefully one day future guest host of the water cooler. One of the highlights of my life, David, coming on, like getting to guest host for you, sitting in the chair. Always loved it. I would love that. Madison, can we have a super underneath his cut? Hey, can you sign the contract right here to be a yeah, future? Okay, great. All right, cancel culture. Yeah. I mean, doctor, take it away. Dr. Seuss, potato head. What's happening here well, look, in, look, in America? Think, think about what Donald Trump did when he came into office. He came into office and he defeated ISIS. Think about what Joe Biden did when he came into office. He came in and he attacked Dr. Seuss. Okay? I mean, look, the, the lunacy of the left and the kind of wacky, woke priorities that are, we're seeing out of the Biden administration just indicate the huge distance between liberals and leftists and what's really happening among real Americans, what they care about. Right now, we have a crisis at the border that Joe Biden inspired. You have violence and crime rising across the United States of America. Real people are getting hurt. Mm -hmm. You have millions of kids who still aren't in school and should be, and what's Joe Biden do? They're taking on Dr. Seuss. Yeah. I mean, it just it just makes no sense. And it's an indication of why people, why you saw at CPAC, this tremendous support for the president. Mm 
yeah. because people want a fighter who's willing to put America first, and that's clearly not what the left is doing. Well, and Trump tapped into that. There is yes. no doubt about it. Uh, here's the question on cancel culture. We, we think it's bad now. I mean, it can get a whole lot worse yes. real, real quick. Where is this going? Well, look, look, think about what they've done here. Okay, so first they came in and they said, well, we're going to attack the president of the United States and they're attacking Donald Trump mm -hmm. and they're deplatforming him from Twitter and from Facebook and YouTube. Big Tech came in and, yeah. and did that. And keep in mind, they also came in, let's not forget, before the election mm -hmm. and they silenced bad stories about Joe Biden. Remember, the That's New York exactly Post right. had these explosive, well-researched, well-documented stories mm -hmm. about Hunter Biden and his activities in China, his activities in the Ukraine. And big tech said, you can't even share those stories. They came in to squash freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. And now they're going after these bedrock elements of American culture. Look, if they're gonna take on Dr. Seuss, if they're gonna take out Mr. Potato Head, I even heard, and I'm very worried about this, oh, that they might be taking out Curious George. Come on. Uh, no, it, it's a real thing. They're attacking because Curious George apparently came over on oh, a boat Africa and what, with right, the monkey. Right. And, oh it's like, my gosh. no, this is what oh they're doing, gosh. David. But, and that's why it is, it is so important that we have to have people who are willing to stand up and fight because it won't end. Yeah. It won't end. This is what they're doing. They're pushing this as far as they can take it. But when Americans stand up and they say, not in my school, mm -hmm. not in my community, not in my neighborhood, that's when it comes to an end. Well, I said the other day on the air, I said, what about, I mean, I was being facetious, but maybe it could come true. Captain Crunch, he's a white guy with a title. Right? I mean, why, in the, why, is a, why is a white man a captain? Is that not, that's white privilege, is it not? Am, am I missing something, folks? The craziness of what they're doing has really started to infect society. And unfortunately, like, look, it's obviously ridiculous what they're doing with Dr. Seuss and Potato Head. And what, but what's not ridiculous is what's happening at the border. What's not ridiculous is what's happening with violent crime rising across the country. What's not ridiculous is the fact that you have millions of kids, not just who are out of school, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of kids in this country who come from difficult backgrounds. When they go to school, they get love, they get attention, they get support, they have a role model, they have a mentor, and those kids have been separated from all of that. Kids with learning disabilities, they need to be in school, and not just for the academics, but also the social and emotional development. And what it shows is that the left is also heartless. Mm -hmm. They're really lacking in compassion because their policies are hurting real people. I'm sorry. I thought the right was heartless. I thought conservatives were the ones that were heartless. Well, this is this is the big the big lie from the left yep. is that they're going to push right. all of these policies. But when you actually look at who helps people, President Donald Trump's economy brought up, brought about broad-based economic prosperity. You look at those numbers before coronavirus hit, and wages were rising across America. Right. And people who'd been struggling, they were being helped. People were making more money when President Trump was in office because he had those policies that worked. And I always say, if you really care about people, then you have to care about the results of what your policies create. That's right. The problem with leftist intellectuals is they don't have to deal with the bad consequences of their bad ideas. That's right. You know, they live in these gated communities completely disconnected from reality, but we real Americans suffer from their bad ideas. Well, and, and Trump always uh, 
dealt with the results. You know, yes. he was always focused on the results yes. and the etiquette. Well, on <laughs> Twitter, yes. you know. So let, speaking of Trump, where does yeah. this Republican Party go exactly? We just got about a minute and a half or so left. Yeah. Uh, well, what's your sense of this is clearly Trump's party. I mean, he's the kingmaker. Yes. Uh, I just wonder if he sucks all the oxygen out. And you know, just wonder people like Pompeo, who we had on the show yesterday. And you got some other folks, uh, yeah. Nikki Haley, Ted Cruz. I mean, DeSantis. You, you wonder where this is going to all kind of move itself forward. Yeah, my strong sense is that, look, President Trump has obviously put his stamp on this party. He's clearly in the driver's seat, but yeah. there is a big fight. It's a big fight between the establishment and people who are willing to put America first, between the swamp and the career politicians and the insiders and the real fighters, not the rhinos, not the establishment. You know, we need to recognize just because somebody has an R behind their name does not mean that they're really fighting for conservatives in the American. We need real fighters. Yeah, and Mitch McConnell, by the way, uh, yeah. mm, no, he wasn't at CPAC. No. Uh, Mitt Romney, not at CPAC. Right. Ben Sass, not at CPAC, right. which is a very different uh, CPAC from, from past years when everybody was kind of there. Well, and, and let's also say this about CPAC. Here's, here's the great news. Look yeah. at the energy. Look at the optimism. Look at the sense of hope. Look at the fun. I mean, the left is going out there killing comedy. They're going after Curious George, Mr. Potato Head. And on the right, what do you see? A sense of fun, a sense of joy, a sense of optimism and hope. That's what we need to have in the Republican Party. Well, I 100% agree with you. I mean, and they always talk about Republicans. The conservatives are the ones that are uptight. Reverse, yes, for sure. Yes. Eric Reitens, great Thanks. to see you, Thanks, sir. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Navy you, SEAL, not a former Navy SEAL. Navy SEAL. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got a lot more show coming up, including, so the last sip is coming up, and it has to do with Nancy Pelosi. And let me just say, did you know that she's really happy to introduce the 45th president of the United States? That's right. She said it. She didn't introduce Donald Trump. And boy, oh boy, do we have a nice little blooper reel for you in a moment. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. Nancy Pelosi's 80 years old. Joe Biden's 78, right? Fact check me on that. 78, 77, 78. So between the both of them there, let me calculate 80, 78, 158 years old between Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. And that, folks, is the last sip. You know why? Because it's on display right here in this time slot right now in America, because Nancy Pelosi was on a virtual call with the House Democrat caucus. So was Joe Biden. And she introduces Joe Biden by telling a story about her grandchildren. And then it like deteriorated when she started talking about her grandchildren and something about opening Biden? I don't even understand. Here, here. So here they are, Pace is packed in jam. These kids are making all this noise over there on the side. And all of a sudden, I hear them pronounce, in order to open these doors, we do not say open Sesame. We say open Biden. That's our magic word. <laughs> open Biden. I love it. And now it is my privilege to present the 45th president of the United States, as my children, grandchildren would say, open Biden, Mr. President. <laughs> Nancy, I love you. There's no one I'd rather work with than you. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy, I love you. You're, you're, you're the best. Uh, Nancy, so he's the 46th president of the United States, not the 45th president. And can we rewind that part when she's like, <laughs> Joe Biden. Well, that was really creepy. What I just did there was creepy, but this is kind of creepy. This is Speaker of the House. Here it is. Let, let's just play this again. Oh my gosh. Uh. These kids are making all this noise over there on the side. 
and all of a sudden I hear them pronounce, in order to open these doors, we do not say open sesame, we say open Biden. That's our magic word. <laughs> open Biden. I love it. <laughs> what was this? What was that? She's a speaker. I can do it. I'm an anchor. I'm not even a distinguished anchor. I'm just an anchor of a, of a show. I can do this. But she's Speaker of the House. What is she doing? Anyhow, th this, ladies and gentlemen, is a Democrat party for you. Nancy Pelosi, 80. Joe Biden, 78. And uh, I haven't even gotten to the policy. Oh, we did talk about HR1 and the Equality Act and the border. I've got a few other things to talk about. Anyhow, we'll do that on the show every day. All right. <laughs> Back in a moment. <laughs> Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, hey, look at us. Uh, we're at the end of the show, and we're joined by Howard Diamond. Hello, Howard Diamond. Hello, David Brady. How are you? CEO of Real America's Voice. How's, uh, how's it going? I mean, you, CPAC, well, you guys did at CPAC. Boy, I tell you, that was impressive you know, we had, over the weekend. We had 19 people there, and um, we showed well. We're very yeah. excited about what we were able to do there. We yeah. had some great interviews, and, and our on-air people did a fabulous job. Our Backroom people did an incredible job. It was good. Yeah, and I mean some serious guests too. I mean Ted Cruz and Matt Gates and, and tons of what's going on here? Oh, look at this! What? This is live television. This is happening. This really is happening, Howard Diamond. This is your life. It is your birthday, Howard Diamond. Happy birthday hey, to you, everybody. Right, thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Howard. Happy birthday to you. Look at that. So the, as, I, as I just got a note from a friend of mine, it's amazing that I'm functional at 68. So. <laughs> I thought you, this is, is not, not your 30th? This is 68. not your 30th birthday. 68. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Congratulations. Uh, now, are you going to be able to eat this entire No, cake? I think that... Uh, there's a lot of people here who will help, though. Right? That's right. Well, speaking of a lot of people, uh, obviously it's a special day. It's your birthday. But, but what you have uh, led here, along with a lot of other folks, obviously, uh, at RAV, has been really special because this seems to be just the beginning of where things are about to take off. Give, give me a sense of it. You know, um, we're pretty excited. I think that we're, we're just at a point of inflection, and I think the next 90 to 120 days are going to be extraordinary. Yeah. So I think it's going to be really fun. All right. Any special plans for your birthday, Howard? No. You have no plans? No. No. By the way, I just want to let you know, Alan Dershowitz was on the show the other day. 80, he, he celebrated his 82, 82nd and a half birthday. So there you go. Well, there you go. You, you don't celebrate in point fives, do no. you? Okay. No. I, but I do remember when my, you know, I've got a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old. Yes. So now they're 12 and 13. That's but if you remember back to the days when they were like four and five, it was always, I'm four and a quarter. That's I'm right. Four. That's right. All right, so you're not like 68 and a half or anything. No. Okay, just double checking. All right. Thanks, Howard. Thanks, Dave. Happy birthday, Howard Diamond, CEO, Real America's Voice. That is called breaking news. It came with a cake and all of that. All right, tomorrow on the show, hey, Diamond and Silk, I don't think it's their birthday, but they always have a very special present to deliver, if you know what I'm saying. Who else is on the show? Dave Brack, uh, Liberty University. We've got a whole plethora of guests. See you tomorrow.